You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers. And Gil is the host of Locked On NHL. He also writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's love for Green Bay football. Uh, shoot us text messages at 231-714-4195. Shoot us messages on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. Or if you want to talk to an old fart, at Gil Packers will get you in touch with my co-host. Uh, and then email, asknohuddle at gmail.com. We're getting into the period of the year where there's going to start to be less and less news. The um, events that are interesting and exciting to talk about are going to be a little more widespread. So if you guys have questions, if you have research projects you'd like us to look into, please reach out. We also appreciate five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Help us climb the rankings. Um, But yeah, get in touch with us. Uh, I, I know when I listen to other podcasts, I often have like an assumption that podcast hosts hear from like 50 listeners a day and if i have a question that like you know it's like a burden to send it into the host um not as many people write in as you would think out of the percentage of people who listen to the show we have a nice healthy download base but as far as people who send us questions uh we could take a lot more questions from you guys and would love to do so so write in um gill man massive um overlook on our part last week it was episode 87 and we didn't even reference that it was jordy nelson week here on the <laughs> um on, on no huddle radio the podcast so i'm you know i'm thinking like so now we're at episode 88 uh the question of course is who wears 88 right now for the packers That'd be Juwan Winfrey. Do we want to celebrate Juwan Winfrey Day in honor of the missed Jordy Nelson Day? Well, or do you want to go like Jermichael Finley or uh, you know, like? True, you could do that. Yeah, I guess actually, I mean, eighty-seven is currently worn by who? Romeo Dobbs, right? We're talking about him today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I knew we weren't going Jay Sternberger there, so no. uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, and then next week, of course, would be Mercedes Lewis Week, eighty-nine. There you go. Still blows my mind that we've we've been doing this for 88 consecutive weeks. Have not taken a single week off since. Man, how sick of of me are you by this point? You have had to look at my face and talk to me for 88 straight weeks. Not a single. Oh, you had one break in there because you did a solo pod uh, when I was on the road for a funeral. But outside of that, man, sheesh, you're a trooper. As are you. I mean, you know, we're dedicated. We're here. And uh, what is it? Something about a love for Green Bay football? I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's the reason we say we're here. That's um, right. <laughs> Packers news. So <clears throat> uh, Jameer Johnson, uh, left tackle who we had brought in. Uh, he was a former player out of Tennessee. And then he uh, I think he was a grad transfer to Texas A&M. 
Um, interesting cat because he was super, super, super athletic, uh, kind of the skinny side. Jameer Johnson, he was waived by the Packers with an injury settlement, and we replaced him with Jack Coco. He's a long snapper from Georgia Tech who got substantial playing time at tight ends. We got a hybrid tight end long snapper, which makes sense to me. I mean, yep. obviously, you don't want to be risking your long snapper getting hurt, but like, come on, he plays like four or five snaps a game, basically. Uh, you know, doesn't do a ton. Uh, obviously, not trying to overlook long snapper. We we saw all last year what happens when you don't have a reliable long snapper. But I think what is maybe more interesting is speculating about trick plays you could run when you have a tight end as your long snapper. Uh, maybe some fake punts that could be a lot of fun to uh, play around with. Yeah, you you never know uh, when things like that will come in handy. I mean, look, he was a backup tight end. He had, what, four catches last year. Uh, but just to have that skill set, just to have one little extra option, maybe you set it up for one play a year, but it makes a difference. So who knows? And most importantly, let's get consistency from our long snapper. It's been a little too long since we've had that. Yeah, so uh, we have Steven Wordle on the roster. Uh, I think those are the only two long snappers we currently have. But there were uh, one or two other long snappers who received invitations to join the rookie minicamp. Looks like Coco was the only guy who then was signed. Um mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is gonna sound mean because it is, but I, I'm ready to ship Wartel off like today. Did did not see anything from him last season that made me think, yeah, let's let's keep him around and and see what we can turn him into. I just didn't see anything to work with. I wasn't overly enthused with his performance. Uh, he is back uh, as of right now, still on the roster. He'll fight for a job. And I'll say this, it wouldn't shock me if they bring in someone else at some point before training camp. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, I mean, that's really it for news this week. Nothing interesting happened. Oh, that's right. Jair Alexander extended. Uh, What was your your reaction when you heard the news? Because I saw a bunch of people online who were like breathing huge sighs of relief that that I think that they were um, maybe concerned that maybe he wasn't going to get a deal done, which that was never on my radar. Well, I guess, tell me what your reaction was first. I exhaled. I I was relieved. And I'll say why. Uh, I think that a lot of fans are coming off the whole Devontae Adams situation. And they're they're sort of saying, okay, you know, everyone was saying last year, we got to get an extension done with Devontae. And it dragged on and it dragged on. And eventually it got to the point where Devontae didn't want to come back. So... You know, whether that was just because he wanted to play with David Carr or because he wasn't happy with the way the negotiations were going, we don't know that. But I think just sort of knowing that we're not going to have a repeat of that is a big sigh of relief for a lot of Packer fans. And, you know, one of the things I saw on social media, uh, particularly in response to one of the articles that I wrote, people saying, and it was a minority, but a, a, a sizable minority, that's too much money to pay a cornerback. And I, I don't agree with that, but <laughs> no, that was out there. It's it if you were paying that to the highest paid wide receiver in the league, it'd be peanuts. Yes. And and you know, 
what what was the difference here? The the old record was twenty million dollars a year. He got twenty point one. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not think, like they took it to a new stratosphere here. Denzel Ward, I think, just got twenty point five. So you're talking about like what uh, six point six million dollar difference? Yeah, yeah. So look, uh, at, at the end of the day, I am glad that Jair Alexander is going to be a Packer for the foreseeable future. And now for the next three seasons, we have our top three cornerbacks all under contract. And can you name me a better trio of corners at the top of a depth chart than what the Packers have? Uh, Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So I'm very happy about this. And, you know, the, the thing about Jair that I love, it, it goes beyond the fact that he's a shutdown corner his attitude, his mm-hmm. uh, his confidence is contagious, and it sets the tone for the defense in a lot of ways. And I, I think having Jair Alexander lead and be, you know, confident and enthusiastic and brash, it, it helps set the tone for this team both on the field and in the locker room, and it's a great thing to have him back. Yeah, super cool. Did we talk about uh, the new tight end edition last week, Eli Wolf? I feel like we did cover that last week. Yeah, I think we did. Okay, so then the other addition to the team then, uh, or rather reshuffling, wide receiver Rico Gafford got moved over back to the cornerback room. And I say back because that's where he used to be. Right. Uh, that's where he played in college. I think he, so he was with the Raiders. Is that correct? Uh, Raiders and the Raiders moved him to wide receiver. And I never saw anything from him as a wide receiver that excited me as a cornerback. I think he can be a better football player and I'm excited to see what he does there. Sounds like he is happy to be back in the cornerback room as well. And cornerback is uh, one of the more stacked positions on the roster. We typically keep six guys. Um, Sometimes you keep seven, but it's usually six and with those top three guys being as solid as we expect them to be, six feels like the right number to me this year. So uh, I, I would say Jair, Stokes, and Douglas, obviously. Then I would expect Shamar Jean Charles to make the roster. KB Onento has been around for a while. Wouldn't be shocking if uh, this is the year that he he uh, finally makes the 53. Um, and then I, I really like Keyshawn Nixon, who we've talked about a few times uh, brought in from the Raiders. They used to play with Joe Barry or not Joe Barry, Rich Passaccia. Mm-hmm. And Keyshawn is um, an interesting player in that as a boundary corner, he has been kind of terrible in his career. And in the slot, he has um, graded out as an elite slot corner. So that could be an interesting piece to consider. Then he got two undrafted free agents in Keandre Thomas and Raleigh Texada. And uh, now we're bumping Rico Gafford over to the cornerback room as well. Maybe gives him a chance to compete there. So that will be interesting to watch. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I'm very happy with the top three corners on this roster. Depth is a little bit of an issue for me in the fact that if any of those three get hurt, I don't see anyone proven who can – you know, sort of step in and, and, and to, get to that, I would just ask name, name one team in the NFL who you would be able to say that about. No, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but maybe there's degrees. I mean, how many of the guys behind the big three have any extensive experience starting on defense 
or playing substantial snaps on defense at all. I am a little concerned about, you know, to me, our top five defensive backs, uh, Amos, Savage, and then the three cornerbacks that we mentioned, quite possibly the best starting five in the league. But behind them, very little depth right now. If that's your your big complaint with the roster, I think you're sitting in a pretty good place in May. No question. No question. We're going to take a minute and thank our new sponsor for No Huddle Radio. Then we're going to do a dive into two more draft picks. This would be wide receivers Christian Watson and Robio Dobbs. Yep, but before we continue, let me tell you about our new partner, Athletic Greens. We were recently introduced to their new health supplement, AG1. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. And it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and look, it's one of those things that it has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while it still tastes good. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens is a foundational nutrition for just about everyone. 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients in just one tasty scoop. Forgot to mention with Jair, we didn't actually talk about the numbers at all. And the so the interesting thing here is the cap space that they freed up this year. We're, we're talking... Roughly like an additional $7 million free up for 2022. It does bring to mind the question of if the Packers would consider going out and picking up one of the remaining uh, wide receiver free agents. And I, I single out wide receiver as opposed to tight end because I just don't think there's anybody available at tight end outside of Gronk. Uh, but, you know, Julio's still out there. Will Fuller would make sense. Jarvis Landry's gone now. He got picked up by the Saints. Yep. I don't understand what the heck the Saints are doing, continuing to add more and more players, despite not having a quarterback and having no picks or money or anything in the future. I don't know what they're doing, but that's not my problem. I'm not a Saints fan. <laughs> um, so Jair is uh, under contract now through 2026 when he will turn 29. You'd have to guess that this is probably his last big contract with the Packers. He'd be 30 when this contract is over. Would make sense that uh, they would move on at that time. He's going to count for $7 million against the cap. This year, that number is going to jump up to $20 million next year, and it'll go up by a million or two every year for the remainder of his deal. By the time his contract is up, he's going to be pretty cheap. 
with the way the uh, the cap keeps exploding and contracts keep going higher and higher. This is a great contract. I was I I was um, really wishing that they had gotten the deal done before Denzel Ward's deal got done. But since Denzel Ward's deal did get done, I think that this is about best case scenario um, for trying to follow up Denzel Ward. And maybe maybe a factor was that Jair wanted to wait and see what Denzel got. Yeah, I, I think that probably was a factor. It sort of set the bar, and then his agent was able to to work off of that. And I think the Packers are fortunate that the bar wasn't set any higher than it was. I think it worked out well for both sides, and this is a deal that benefits Jair, benefits the Packers, everybody wins. So Adam Stenvich, Rich Passaccia, and um, Joe Barry all met with the media this week. And uh, I'm going to key on a couple comments from Steno uh, regarding the wide receivers. Actually, here's kind of the most interesting one. Uh, look at two. First of all, just regarding Christian Watson, he said his combination of size and speed is great. He's a big guy. He can move. He's going to be a problem. Once he figures things out, and that's going to be kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about with Christian. He also um, was asked about all three wide receivers that they added. So the other two would be Romeo Dobbs and Samori Ture. Um, he said that the biggest thing excite that excites him about them is their versatility. He thinks that they can play. They can each play in multiple positions. And I think that's going to be interesting. And one of the things to be considering with Dobbs and Watson in particular is how they'll factor in, in 2022 compared to the rest of their career. Cause you would, I think make the assumption that Christian Watson has more tools to work with and should have the better long-term career, but who's going to come in and be the more NFL ready starting in their rookie season. Yeah, that that is sort of the big question. And and I think you can possibly make the argument that Romeo Dubs will have a better, more of an impact on offense during his rookie season. Not as much upside long term, at least on paper, according to your scouting reports as Watson, but comes from a more complex college offense, mm -hmm. a little better route runner, a little bit more of a understanding of a route tree and played against better competition in college. I, I think you add all of those factors up and, and you have a situation where uh, he may be the more, more, more ready to hit the ground running. Let's put it that way. The word that comes to mind for me when I'm looking at Dobbs is polished. He's, mm -hmm. he feels NFL ready. He's technically sound. <clears throat> excuse me. Has a uh, really solid footwork. Um, some praise I've heard of him. He can read coverage shells really well. Um, he's and Gutekunst. Here we go. He even says the word polished says he's got length. He's really fast. He's a big time playmaker and he's done it for multiple years at Nevada. He's probably one of the more polished players coming out of college just because of his experience. And we're excited to see what he can do. Um, red zone efficiency is something that Dobbs really excelled at. He was a touchdown machine. He had uh, 2020, he played nine games, had nine touchdowns. 11 games in 2021, 11 touchdowns. 
I like that math. That's that's pretty easy math. One touchdown per game, uh, unless I'm really bad at this. He also had back to back thousand yard seasons. Uh, And you already touched on the higher level of competition. Now, he didn't go to a power five school. Uh, Nevada is a Mountain West college, but that is FBF, uh, FBS. And uh, North Dakota State is uh, FCS. Right. The level of competition between the two is night and day. Um, one thing that sh- um, surprises me when I watch Dobbs is that he's kind of a deep threat because mm-hmm. that's not really that's not really the common narrative about Dobbs. You when when people talk about Dobbs versus Watson. They pitch Watson as the deep threat and Dobbs is kind of more like your um, intermediate and short yard yardage guy. And I don't know how that how true that is. I think that certainly you really like uh, the blazing speed that Watson has and would like to utilize that as a deep threat. But Dobbs uh, finished third among all receivers in the FBS in down downfield receiving yards in 2020. He can do it, and he's fast, too. He is, and, you know, he, I think, will also be able to stretch the field when he's out there, and look, the Packers need to replace MVS and what he brought to the table, and now they have multiple options. I mean, I think you can add Sammy Watkins to that list of of options of players who can stretch the field, and, you know, I I sort of, you know, you, you, you talked about, what Adam Stenovich said about these rookies being able to play multiple roles. And I have mixed feelings about that on the one hand, in the long run, I think that's great. I I think that makes the offense that much more dangerous. My concern in that regard is not wanting to slow down their development as to how quickly they can integrate into the offense by throwing too much at them too quickly. Uh, I think there would be a benefit to them, you know, learning one role initially as a rookie and getting it down really, really well so they can be out there on the field and help the offense. And then after they do that, you can start worrying about multiple roles that they can learn. That's a good that's a good point. Uh, Wendell Ferreira, a uh, guy I follow on Twitter, smart guy, uh, wrote an article over on, uh, what is this, zonecoverage.com. He titled it the ba- the Packers built their wide receiver room like a basketball team. And uh, after I read this, I it was just fun. I, I like picturing the wide receivers like these basketball players now. Um, I'm going to just give you the comps that he has here. He has Alan Lazard at 6'5", 227 pounds, built like a tight end. He says, this is your center. Don't get it confused with the football center. We're talking basketball center. Okay. <laughs> uh, reliable possession receiver, uh, great connection with Rogers, a lot of history of converting first downs in crucial situations. Uh, last season, Lazard played more than half of his slots of his snaps from the slot. That should change. Now. I heavily agree with that. He's, he's uh, one of the few big bodied wideouts that they have who has any experience in the NFL. Makes sense that Lazard is your ex receiver to start the year. Now, for your power forward, he pitches Christian Watson. He's long, 
slender, almost as tall as Lazard, but significantly lighter and faster. Uh, the second rounder replaces MVS as Green Bay's deep threat. Yeah, maybe. Um, he can have an immediate impact if the Packers are able to explore what he does best. Uh, big, fast, physical receiver. We think his football best football is ahead of him, said Goody. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, the Packers need to do two things with their new shiny receiver. The first is to find a way to adapt the old MVS role for him. But the second is to develop Watson into a more complete player with the mi- mindset that Watson can be the wide receiver one of the future. And I agree with that strongly. Me too. In 2022, it would make sense to me because Watson is definitely much more raw of a player right now than Dobbs. It would make sense that since you need to give him time and patience to develop could mean that you're going to see him used a lot more this year as a gadget player with a lot of manufactured touches. Uh, That to me seems very much on the table. And I think that makes sense. And, you know, what you do is you have maybe three, four, five different gadget plays that he could run, uh, maybe one or two patterns that, you know, either scheme him open or a design just for what he does best. And then you build his confidence that way. And that leads to more opportunities, more growth, and in the long run, more productivity. And gradually, he learns the playbook better and does has a bigger and bigger role in the offense. Uh, to me, this is a successful season for Watson if in December and January, his contributions to the offense are significantly better than where they are in September and October. Mm. Yeah, so you really want to see that that measurable growth throughout the season. That makes sense. Yep. I want to I want to really emphasize Dobbs' speed before we move on to the next next point. Uh, Jim Nagy on Twitter posted the top five max speeds from the Senior Bowl this year. They clocked so uh, the second fastest uh, speed from any player was Romeo Dobbs at 21.25 miles per hour. That's crazy. And the fifth fastest was Christian Watson. You got two of the top five fastest guys clocked at the senior bowl ended up in green Bay. Hardly seems like a coincidence to me. We know the Packers come at speed. We know that Matt LaFleur was stressing uh, before the draft about speed. And we know how much the lack of speed hurt them last year when MBS was out. Wendell's article about the basketball player types next lists small forwards. And he's got two Sammy Watkins and Romeo Dobbs. And it was kind of the first time that I started to picture Dobbs as like a, a Sammy Watkins clone. And, but I think that the comparison makes a lot of sense. And we know by the way, the Packers really like to bring in multiple guys of the same type. They like to bring in a, a vet and a rookie at the same time. Makes sense that you'd have these two receivers who are both blazing fast. Um, both are are polished route runners, um, but they're they're not super tall like Lazard and Watson. They are definitely uh, average height. They uh, play best on the boundary. 
I think Watkins certainly can be your X receiver in 2022 if he stays healthy. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, but but one of the things that you have here at play is the option to rotate in multiple guys here of different sizes. Al Lazard, uh, Watson slash um, Dobbs, or you got your your you know really small guys in um, Cobb and Amari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I think there's strength there. No, I, I agree. There's strength there. There's competition there between players with similar builds and, and skill sets. And yet you have that basketball team variety. And, you know, that's the way you want to build your receiving core. It doesn't make sense to have five guys who all do the same thing. And I like the way this is being built. My only concern heading into this year is, you know, do they need one more veteran because you got a 39-year-old quarterback. You don't know how much longer he's going to be there. He's always had issues developing trust with rookies and young receivers. Maybe you need to add that one more veteran as a very short-term solution for 2022, maybe for 2022 only. Look, if the Packers do end up doing that and they bring in Julio Jones or Will Fuller or somebody, I know you are going to be absolutely elated. I'll, I'll probably call you and let you just <laughs> sing to the heavens about how excited you are. And uh, until that happens, we might have to put a ban on the topic on this podcast because we're at like five weeks in a row now of the we got to add a, a free agent wide receiver uh, from Gil. Uh, the other guy to consider at, at, at this uh, small forward uh, analogy would be Samori Toure. I always say Toure, but I think it's Toure. Got to put the emphasis on the two, Samori Toure. Wendell has him listed as his shooting guard, but he doesn't have anybody else as a shooting guard. Here's his justification. Samori Toure has the same height as Sammy Watkins, is just one inch shorter than Dobbs, but he's much lighter at 190 pounds. He's also a different type of receiver and plays primarily from the slot. Goody says when you look back at his last year at Montana, he had one huge year, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, transferred to Nebraska and put up good numbers there. One of the things that I am really excited about with Toure, he is an older player, significantly older than uh, Dobbs and Watson. He's a very polished player. I think when you look at Toure, he kind of is who he is. I'm not sure that there is going to be a ton of of improvement and development in the NFL. He's been playing for a long time, kind of knows his game. I think you know what you're getting in him and what you're getting isn't half bad. Uh, Nebraska, you know, there's not a, a ton of crazy good corners in the big 10. Um, usually Ohio state has uh, some, some decent DBs. Uh, uh, Penn State has uh, traditionally pumped out some good safeties. I know Jaquan Brisker this year wasn't really my favorite, which is why I was happy to see him go to, to the Bears, but still highly regarded in college circles. Um, you know, the Big Ten is not a huge passing league, but you are going up against some steep competition. Uh, Nebraska plays Ohio State pretty often. Ohio State has to be built to shut down Clemson and Alabama and, and the other teams they're going to run into in the playoffs. I think Ture 
probably is who he is, and that probably is decent enough for the NFL. Uh, Brad Kelly on Twitter lists uh, some of the pros with Samori Toure. Loves that he's a good deep ball tracker, which is one of the things I really liked about Dobbs as well. Really great vision. Never loses sight of the ball as it's coming through the air. Uh, Toure, fluid and flexible route runner and nuanced route stems. That might be the biggest area where he separates himself with Christian Watson and even with Dobbs. The uh, the knowledge of the route tree, that is going to be huge. Toure, I think one thing you have to keep in mind with him is you might see him really separate himself this year from Watson and Dobbs and think, wow, man, we really got a steal in the seventh round here. This is going to be like a staple for years to come. And just consider that I'm not sure how much more he's going to continue developing in years to come. I think he comes in more polished, but also much later in his career than the other guys. Yeah, I I think the floor is higher, but the ceiling isn't as high. And by the way, he he started out in FCS at Montana, transferred to Nebraska, and still kept putting up uh, great numbers there as well. So that's exciting. And then finally, to round out our basketball analogy here, we have the point guards. Those would be Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers, your traditional slots. Cobb is 5'10", Amari is 5'9". I know it's just one inch, but we talk about these guys as though Amari is like this little midget and Cobb is your, <laughs> your average size wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> both players also are horizontal weapons that baggers can use as gadget players. I think we all have an idea in our heads already of what that would look like with Amari Rogers because we saw the Packers using Tyler Irvin like that for years. Uh, well, two years. Um, using him on offense, uh, he was kind of your jet sweep guy. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking at like 12-yard out routes, Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers should be able to, to get that for you. And you can, I mean, you can make a lot of hay with those. And, and Rogers can sling the ball over there. And that could be tough to beat. And if and when you have Dobbs and or Watson and Watkins burning the field down deep, opening that up, those 12 yard outs are always going to be there. Yep, they are. It's one of those things that you can just rely on being there uh, and always pick up the, you know, quick yardage in that respect when you need it. <clears throat> This is there's probably nobody else saying this, and I know you're not going to agree with it, Gil, and that's fine. Um, that's why they let me do the intro on the podcast, and, the, and you have to do the ad reads. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think that the wide receiver room as a whole is going to be better this year than it was last year. Now, I understand you just lost the best wide receiver in all of football. I'm not saying that losing him makes you better. But when you look at just the complete lack of anybody around Devontae that we had last year, especially when MVS was gone and he was gone for a lot of the year and especially gone in really crucial games. He wasn't in that playoff game when you needed him the most. Right. It really was Devontae and nobody for most of the year. And Devontae... Love him, but he's not a burner. He wasn't stretching the field either. You didn't have anybody pulling those safeties 
uh, making the defense respect you. You never had those 12 yard out routes open. You never had the middle that open. I think having all these different types of role players and, you know, with the exception of, you know, what, what exactly do you do with Toure? I think you have multiple options for each of the different types of wide receiver you want. So even if you're missing a guy, a la MVS being gone for half the year, even if you're missing a guy, you have other dudes who can fill in, who are maybe not honestly that far off from a talent perspective. I think having more guys of lesser quality is going to make the offense overall stronger than having just Devonte and nobody else. Uh, I'll agree with that to a point. The key to making that work is that Aaron Rodgers has to buy into that concept. And in the past, when Devonte Adams has been unavailable due to injury and, and whatever else, he has bought into that concept. He spread the ball around more and mm-hmm. the team continued to win. I but, got I got the numbers on that right here. So yeah. we all know we all know they're seven and zero when Devontae Adams is missing time in the Matt LaFleur era. They are thirty-four and twelve when Adams does play, which is not as good as I would have expected. Thirty-four and twelve. I mean, it's not terrible, but you're you're talking about less than sixty-six percent wins. Um completion percentage goes up without Devontae. Sixty seven point one percent when Adams is in the game, sixty eight point six. So that's a one and a half percent jump in completion percentage without Devontae. Yards per attempt goes up by more than an entire yard from seven point five four to eight point five seven. Touchdown to interception ratio one hundred and one touchdowns to fifteen interceptions with Devontae. 19 touchdowns, one interception without Devontae. Very close numbers. Uh, I think the math slightly favors without Devontae, but it's, I mean, you're splitting hairs there. Right. Um, And then quarterback rating jumps up pretty substantially. 106.9 with Adams, 119.7 without. So historically, without Devontae Adams, Rodgers has bought in. And I think that, Part of what you're doing, you're taking away that safety blanket for him so that he can't clam up and and uh, roll into a ball and go, yeah, Devontae, save me. Here, take it. He can't do that <laughs> because, you know, he loves Al Lazard. He loves Randall Cobb, but he doesn't have that much more confidence in those guys than some, uh, you know, guy like Jawan Winfrey or whoever. Or, or EQ, you know, you think about that Arizona Cardinals game and uh, this past year and Randall Cobb played in that game, right? Yeah. Against the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. So you had, uh, but Alan Lazard didn't, right? Lazard and Devontae were both out and MVS was that out. It was MVS. The top three were all out. Yeah. So you had Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Juwan Winfrey and EQ and Rogers. On a, on a critical, I, th- I think it might have been fourth down. It was certainly at least third down, um, but it, you know it was make or break time for that game. And he looked to EQ, trusted EQ in that moment, a guy who he has no reason to just trust generally. Trusted him, put the ball where it needed to be, saved the game. I think that you're going to see from Aaron Rodgers playing a, a, a playing within the scheme 
playing along with what LaFleur is actually calling. Despite the pressure, he's not going to be wide-eyed and staring down Devontae Adams the whole time when there's other guys open that he's just not seeing. Yeah, and that is, uh, you know, again, if he buys in, I'm confident that the offense will be fine. And I think the other thing that I love, the way this team is being put together right now, is that they don't need the offense to to do everything. They need, you know, this defense is being put together in in such a way that the defense is going to win some good, you know, some football games for them. And I think that's a very positive development. It's nice that we're talking about a Packers team that is not, Aaron Rodgers or bust. Right. I mean, we, we were talking before the show about, you know, how many wins the Packers might have. And, uh, I kind of casually just tossed out, well, unless Rodgers gets hurt and then, you know, all bets are off. But the reality is this isn't 2017 where when Rodgers goes down, there's no chance of winning any games because the rest of the team stinks. Now, obviously, if Jordan Love is just terrible and is costing you games, yeah, for sure, you can't win a game when your quarterback is costing you games. But if he could even just be average in mm-hmm. Rodgers' absence, we should still win a lot of games. There's no reason in the world why we couldn't make the playoffs with average quarterback play and the rest of the team being as good as we think they should be. Yeah, and the the key would then obviously be to get that average quarterback play. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the way this team is put together, if the offensive line gels, you've got a great running game, you've got a, a potentially top five defense, you have that, you're, you're, you don't need outstanding quarterback play to win. And I do still want to have a conversation on this pod at some point about tight ends. Maybe we save that until after uh, we wrap up some of the more, uh, some more of the uh, position groups, not position groups, draft picks. Sorry. Um, And, and by the way, remember this time a year ago, we hadn't even signed Devondre yet. Devondre Campbell. Right. So more moves can still be coming. The Packers did just free up money with Jair. Oh yeah. Got to bring this full circle. This is what I was saying earlier. I was saying, I think maybe there is room for them to add a free agent wide receiver. Uh, I don't, I just don't see a tight end out there that you can go and get. There's, there are guys who I have my eye on, but I, nothing strikes me as super likely. And as far as free agency goes, it's bleak. Um, But the other question though, is whether you want to save some of that money for upcoming extensions, because it would make sense that uh, Elton Jenkins would be next on the list after Jair simply because as a second round pick, he does not have a fifth year option. Right. Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary, both are still under contract for next year because they're fifth year. Elton makes the most sense to get a deal done. Uh, I'm sure Elton and his agent are not remotely interested in doing a deal with the Packers until he returns from his ACL tear because they don't want to have to take a discount. Uh, but, you know, maybe you hang on to this, some of this money um, so that you can uh, put together co- the contracts that you want to uh, for these three young players uh, for the 2019 draft who are going to need contracts coming up. But for 2022, 
there is a spot for another tight end, maybe for a wide receiver to step in. I wouldn't hate it. But also the the other thing to consider is who are you moving on from if that happens? Looking at what the Packers traditionally do. So over the last 11 seasons, why 11? Well, because last year I put together the last 10 seasons and now I have last year as well. So this number is just going to keep going up every single year. And uh, I don't care about 20, 2009 and, and prior. But uh, off the top of your head, Gil, do you remember or or what's your guess? What is the average number of wide receivers they keep on the 53-man roster? Six. It's not quite six. It's 5.7. Uh, in the LaFleur era, they kept six, five, and then six. Um, and actually, I think I need to just tweak this real quick. One second. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to fix. So the, I keep putting the caveat out every single time I do this. That in 2018, we kept eight wide receivers, but one of those was Ty Montgomery, which doesn't count at all. So I'm just going to fix I'm going to fix these numbers in 2018. Ty Montgomery was just a running back. They 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 had seven plus Ty Montgomery, but right. so it's five point six over the last uh, 11 years. I think a minimum of six makes sense this year since you don't have a Devonta Adams. And I would even maybe be comfortable penciling in seven for 2022. So if you keep seven wide receivers on the roster this year. All right. Randall Cobb, Al Lazard. Amari Rogers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. That's five right there. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about adding one, maybe two more. I would say looking at this, I think Sammy Rock- Watkins makes the roster. I know a lot of people are up in the air about that, and I think that's fair to wonder. Uh, but I think he makes the roster. And then you're looking at four guys, really kind of two guys for the most part, fighting over one last spot. Samori Toure and Malik Taylor. Uh, and Juwan Winfrey and Danny Davis all trying to get that seventh wide receiver spot. If you were to bring in a vet, I think you're probably saying goodbye to Sammy Watkins. That makes the most sense to me. Um, may, maybe you're maybe you're giving away that that seventh spot instead of Malik Taylor, Juwan Winfrey, or Samori Toure. Maybe you're just saying, well, we're going to do our new free agent guy. But Sammy Watkins, I, I think, maybe is the odd man out if you're bringing in a vet because you don't want to move on from all your young guys because uh, they need to be the future of your team. And you already have Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and whoever your your uh, new guy are who are old and not going to be playing for much longer. So I don't want to bring even more spots. No, I think what it depends on most is who is the new guy and what, what is his skill set? Because, you know, if you bring in someone who's going to do similar things to Sammy Watkins, then, yeah, maybe it makes sense to to move on from Watkins. But if you're bringing in somebody who is more of a slot guy, that changes the equation. If you're bringing in someone who is similar uh, so to if they, the... If they, brought in a, if they brought in a slot guy, I think people would riot because of how many slot guys... Oh, I think it would have. be the wrong move. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying depending on what role the guy you bring in plays, where he fits in that basketball team to stay with the analogy we've been using, yeah, uh, that will depend on how old he is and what his price is and, and how well, here, long you have your, him Here's contract. your options. Unless you're going to trade for, for somebody, here are your options. Uh, 
uh, I'm going to say no to Emmanuel Sanders. He hasn't played in, in a while. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is 35 years old. So Julio is the first name that makes any sense. 33 years old. He's not a slot guy. No. Uh, Cole Beasley is out there. He's also 33. He is a slot guy. Yeah, don't don't need him. Uh, I'm out on Muhammad Sanu. He hasn't been good in like five years, and he's super old. We already tried Tavon Austin. I don't think we're bringing him back. Um, Alan Hearns, 30 years old, Miami Dolphin, hasn't been good in a while. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I think makes a lot of sense. Again, there's the question of at what point in the year could he actually play? Probably looking at October, November or later. So I don't think this would have any impact on your training camp or your initial 53. Right. So it's on the pup list. Almost certainly. Will, Will Fuller is the guy. Yeah. Will Fuller. I I think you also have to understand that there will be people who will be available after June 1st who we haven't anticipated yet. Guys who are better than who we have right now. We don't know. We don't know. There's always a surprise. I'm not saying I know who it is and I've got it all lined up, but I'm saying there, there are always players who you don't expect to be made available who will become available. All right. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, just, just glancing over who are like the top paid guys in the league for like, who, who might be like a cut candidate, like somebody who's really old, who's making a ton of money. Um, and maybe Alan Robinson, who I don't want. I don't think he's no, as good as some of the guys so. we have. Jakeem Grant. Ugh. Um, <laughs> a lot of these guys are bears. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I don't see anybody who makes sense, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, there's also AJ Green out there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, I I think I, I'm all, I'm a little bit surprised at how down people are on Sammy Watkins. I was excited about the Sammy Watkins signing. I know that he didn't have a great season in 2021. Missed a bunch of time. Uh, was in an offense that really struggled to get the ball passing at all. I understand that, but I, I still was just surprised because I didn't think that he was playing that bad of football in Kansas City. I really liked what he was doing in Kansas City. And when he ended up with the Ravens after leaving the Chiefs, I was a little disappointed. I kind of wanted him in Green Bay. Yeah, no, I understand that that sentiment. And I, I think... Again, the big issue with Watkins to me is can he stay in the lineup? Can he stay healthy? Because he hasn't played a full 16 or now 17 game season in a long time. So if he stays and I, healthy. And I get that, but also Devontae Adams hasn't either. And that wasn't something that we ever complained about once. Because Devontae Adams was 15 games, 14 games, 16 out of 17. You know, Devontae Adams came close. Uh, and the, the the injuries that he suffered were not the major put you on the shelf for half a season kind of an injury. So, yeah, there was that concern. But I, I think I, it's a, well, let me, let, let me just read off. So so I'm going backwards starting in 2021. We're going to go backwards. So 2021, 14 or sorry, 13 games, 2020, 10 games. This is, this is Sammy Watkins. Yep. 2019, 14 games. If you get 14 games out of him, I think you don't have any problem with that at all. Absolutely. 10 games, 10 games in 2018, 15 games in 2017. I think, I think that is, uh, and, and, and so that, that was the first year he was in LA. I think looking over that span, if you get 
that number of games. You're talking an average of about 12 and a half games a year. I think that's more than fine, especially if when he actually is playing is playoff time. I think there or or how about this playoff time or early on in the season when some of your other guys are still trying to get established. But if yeah. you're talking like week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, who gives a rip if Sammy Watkins is out there at that point? Some of our younger guys should be contributing. And then come playoff time, we want everybody healthy who can possibly be healthy because you're expecting injuries across the roster. So uh, so if he can be healthy around then and can be relied on, um, at least as an option, then you feel better about other guys missing time because of it being a long season. So you you, you want to sort of schedule the injury. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy uh, we'll give you uh, weeks eight through 12 off. You can go to Hawaii, chill, rest up your old body. I mean, it's only 29 years old. It's, I mean, you're talking Devonte Adams age. It's not really that old, but whatever. We'll, we'll give you some time off to go relax in the sun and then come on back for playoff time. How about that? I think he'd sign on the dotted line. I think he would. <laughs> All righty. Anything else we need to touch on or should we get out of here? I think we're good. All right. I'm excited for Christian Watson. I'm excited for Romeo Dobbs. I'm excited for Samori Toure. Me too. Excited for Sammy Watkins. I'm interested to see what uh, Alan Lazard looks like this year, getting a bigger role, playing a little more time um, as an outside uh, receiver. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I think if I had to pick one guy, I'm the most interested to see what we do with Amari Rogers this year, because I think that they have to get him on the field this year. You know, last year really was a red shirt year for him and that's fine. But I think this year you're going to, you're going to have to get some opportunities for him with MVS and Devonte gone. It's time to let Amari play ball. And if he's not ready yet, that's fine. You know, I don't think it really needs to be go time, go time until year three, but I want to see him this year. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. He had like, I don't know, 11 targets last year, and eight of those were thrown by Jordan Love. I mean, come on. We just didn't even get to see him uh, outside well, of returns. So. Look, he's got to earn that. He has to earn that. And we knew as soon as Randall Cobb was reacquired yep. uh, at the behest of assistant general manager Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Charles Rodgers. <laughs> we knew that Amari Rodgers wasn't going to see the field on offense as much as, as he would have had uh, Randall Cobb not been reacquired. And so, also the Packers don't play rookies unless they have to. They, right. Last year, Eric Stokes got a lot of playing time because they didn't have anybody else. Kevin King was hurt. Jair was hurt. Sorry, Stokes. It's time to get out there. Your first round pick, it's, it's time to go. They they really don't play rookies very much. Not if they, yeah, you know, all things being equal, they'd rather not play them extensively. I think you I mean, AJ Dillon didn't get any, hardly any carries his rookie year at all. No, I mean, he had a few extenuating circumstances, including COVID, a pretty bad case of it. But, you know, look, to me, the Rashawn Gary, AJ Dillon model of being a situational player first and then gradually getting more and more yeah. responsibility, more and more playing time, that's the way this team prefers to get things mm-hmm. done. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But either way, I'm excited to see him on the field. Um, give him a chance to learn on the job too. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he can't really teach. He's got to have a defender in his face trying to murder him 
to uh, develop some of these these instincts and stuff. And it's been a little while since he ha he's had some significant playing time. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter, at Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can email us at askmohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not